How you doing? <laughs> Did you like see me press record and immediately do that? <laughs> no. Okay. Ooh, 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 that's real loud. Okay. I'm here in the studio with Ronald Young Jr. Hello. Ronald is one of the associate producers for Story District Presents. Holla! Yeah, you know what it is. <laughs> podcast. And he also has a podcast of his own. It's called Time Well Spent. Yes. Tell us about Time Well Spent. Time Well Spent is a semi-autobiographical cultural commentary told in a narrative format. So I'm very drawn to storytelling in general. And what I do is I use little stories from my own life to kind of zoom out about the things I'm thinking about in our culture and in society. It's a really great podcast. So if you haven't subscribed already. Subscribe now. Subscribe now. Pull out your phone. Do it. Subscribe. (laughs) He's a great host. He's got a great voice. He's very reflective and also just a lot of just interesting perspectives and texture and lots of cameos by his mother. Fan favorite Peggy Lee. She's adorable. And the occasional appearance by his father. Every now and then the original Ronald Young Sr. shows up every now and then. (laughs) It's a nice touch. Yeah. I'm really excited to have you here. And the reason we have Ronald here is because we are going to share one of his episodes. And this episode, episode 16, it's called Bypass. It's part one of a two-part series. It starts with a story that he told on the Story District stage. You want to tell us more about that? Yes. So back in July, I pitched a story um, for the theme One and Done. And I tell a story about something I did once and will never do again. That story is the centerpiece for these two episodes of Time Well Spent, Bypass 1 and 2. And I have the first part for you right now. Let's listen to episode 16 of Time Well Spent, Bypass. As a teenager, when I first learned of the statute of limitations, it sounded like a game changer to me. The way I understood it was, wait a minute. You're telling me if I commit a crime and get away with it, if I can evade prosecution long enough, it's like it never happened? As a kid, this knowledge made navigating the world so much easier to me. It was like someone gave me the cheat codes to life. One thing I didn't understand was how other people weren't using this knowledge to their advantage. We could basically all become criminal masterminds, doing whatever we wanted, and just waiting the requisite amount of time for our crimes to expire. Of course, As an adult, I understand the nuance that comes with criminal activity and with the statute of limitations. Seeing how it was actually used in society made sense. Doesn't apply to murder, and it's really meant to provide people a speedy course to justice with legitimate evidence still intact. Or at least that's what Wikipedia says. So maybe we're not all criminal masterminds, but I think we test the statute of limitations all the time. Think about it. How many times do you reveal new information to close personal friends, significant others, or family, knowing that time and perspective heals all wounds? Or at least we hope that time and perspective heals all wounds. I hope that time and perspective heal. Let let me just be a little more specific. A few weeks ago, I decided to let my parents in on a secret I've kept from them for the past 16 years. This episode begins the story of how that went.
Welcome to yet another exciting episode of Time Well Spent with Ronald, the podcast that nobody asked for, yet somebody is listening to. I'm Ronald. All right, you've heard the premise at the top of the episode, and I I mean, I'm nervous. I'm uncertain of how my parents are going to react to this. So I decided to start off things by trying a test case secret with lower stakes. Here's my sister Marilyn and I talking about exactly what that was. I remember what trouble we got in one time when someone drank a Sunny D downstairs. And <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the Sunny D incident for uh-huh. a second. So we spilled orange juice downstairs, but the problem was we weren't supposed to be watching TV down there. Right. And I think our problem, well, we weren't supposed to be watching TV at all. Mm-hmm. But even I though think, we were home all day, yeah, even every we day. day yeah. yeah. But I think the biggest problem was not only were we not supposed to be watching TV, but we started watching TV. Yes. Then we started getting reckless with it by like yes. bringing food downstairs. Yes. yes. Which I'm like, that could only lead to more trouble. Exactly. So when we spilled the orange juice, they'd be like, well, what were you guys doing downstairs? Exactly. We were just sitting there. Right. What do you mean just sitting there? <laughs> right. <laughs> Also, why are we just sitting down there with food on my carpet? That type of thing, yeah. When Marilyn references us being in the house all day, she was referring to how we spent most summers. With two working parents, it was difficult at times to keep teenagers entertained or occupied. But my parents were opposed to the idea of us just sitting around watching TV all day. So for the most part, that was forbidden, except under special circumstances. However, Marilyn and I made every day a special circumstance and skirted the rules. So when we spilled orange juice, we decided to lie. And boy, did we commit to the lie. There was a huge stain on the carpet, and the only way to hide it was to cover it with the ceramic cat we used to have. Anyway, since we never admitted to it, we got yelled at for lying, but eventually my mother let it go. The circumstances of revealing this particular transgression seemed perfect to test my parents' reaction. So a couple of weeks ago, on September 3rd, Labor Day, I had a discussion with my mother, fan favorite Peggy Lee, and my father, the original Ronald Young, Sr., that began with me revealing the orange juice deception. Please forgive the audio. I was off mic, and my parents weren't using headphones. Do you guys remember when me and Marilyn spilled orange juice downstairs? Yes. Okay. No. Okay. We, back when you guys wouldn't let us watch TV, we 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 would watch TV, <laughs> and we spilled orange juice downstairs, and then we lied about it for a long time. So, thoughts on that first. What do you mean, thoughts on that? We didn't like it when you guys lied. No, I, yes, I understand that. But I'm saying, in general, like, the reason why we lied was mostly because we were nervous about getting into deeper trouble. You talking about lack of beating? Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So it tried to, in an effort to avoid that, we, we ended up lying about that. The point is, uh, I don't know if we ever admitted to, admitted to doing it until now. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Okay, well. No, I don't think I remember you guys admitting it either. Yeah, so basically you, uh, at one point, well, we, yeah, so we never admitted to it, but we're We did. We spilled orange juice downstairs. I think we all knew. So you want to know how I feel about it now? Yes. Let me just jump in here for a second to say this question was very loaded. And the way she asked it was a sign that my test case was failing. I don't know if I like you guys telling us stuff that you guys did when you were younger. And then we're supposed to, ah, ah, that was okay. Yes. That's what you're looking for? No. Call Marilyn. (laughs) Right now. Get on the phone. Because both of y'all go to get it. Okay. (laughs) Well, I haven't even told y'all the other thing yet. Oh, oh Jesus. Lord, well, see, no, and it's not now. 
so I may have miscalculated. And this would be a problem since I just regaled a crowd of 400 people the other thing I did as a teenager without my parents' knowledge on the Story District stage in August. Here's that story in full. So, according to my mother, Christians don't listen to secular music, Christians don't dance, and Christians don't go to parties. Unfortunately, this very specific Christian teenager wanted to go to prom. As a senior in high school, I had never been to any of the dances. No homecomings, no spring flings, no sock hops, nothing. And I think the only dance I've been to was in the eighth grade when it was held early enough in the afternoon that I could just catch the late bus home. My parents would be none the wiser. Basically, if my mother had been in that movie Footloose, it would have been five minutes long. <laughs> so I thought I could talk my way in the prom by using what I call the prom court loophole. What is the prom court loophole? Thanks for asking. To, to be on prom court meant that you were a finalist to be prom king or queen. So I thought if I made prom court, I can't not go to prom. What if I win? How am I going to accept my crown? I imagine how the, how the conversation would go with my mom. Hey, mom, I made prom court. What's that? It means I'm a finalist for prom king. Oh, that's outstanding, son. Let's get you a tux, and I'm going to lift the dancing embargo so you can boogie your way on down there and get your crown. So the results came in, and I made prom court, and here's how the conversation actually went. <laughs> and here's how the conversation actually went. Hey, mom, I made prom court. Oh, cool. What's that? It means I'm a finalist for prom king. Oh, really? They could crown you king even though you're not going to prom? <laughs> and it was the finality in her voice and the way she phrased a, a statement as if it were a question that just sent chills down my spine. So I decided to sneak to prom. Now, mind you, yes, I'm 18. Yes, I'm an adult. Yes, I'm on my way off to college, but that doesn't matter to Peggy Lee or Ronald Sr. They had no qualms about spanking an 18-year-old, and they were notorious over-punishers. One time, I got grounded for two months for being on the phone too late and then lying about it to avoid the spanking. So, so it kind of felt like with my parents, there was no getting around this. I mean, going to prom basically meant that if I got caught, it wasn't going to be a two-week you know, two timeout. My friends were actually afraid that they would not let me go to college. So this wasn't like a light, this wasn't an easy decision to go to prom. Nevertheless, I shifted into the planning phase. I already had a car, so I didn't have to worry about transportation. All, everybody in the senior class knew how strict my parents were, so nobody wanted to take the risk of going to prom with a guy who could possibly not show up, so I didn't have to worry about taking a date. Uh, I already had a hookup on a tux. Yes, I had a tux guy, and so I didn't have to worry about that. The only thing I did have to worry about was leaving the house physically. So my parents, they go to bed relatively early, so I wasn't really worried about that. But what I was worried about was before my dad went to bed every night, he always set the alarm. And so by setting the alarm, that means every single door had a chime on it. When you open it, beep, 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 every single time. So there's no coming and going without somebody knowing that you're in there. However, not all doors had a sensor. The one door in the basement did not, and it was connected to the room where I lifted weights and watched MTV, the fourth thing that Christians don't do. <laughs> so, all I had to do was figure out how to get through this room without activating the sensor that was on the room, and then I could just get out the door. So thus began a series of trial and error. First, I put a sock on the sensor. That didn't work. 
Then I tried to move slowly and stealthily, and as you can see, stealth is not my forte. So that didn't work. Finally, I remembered that there was a function on the alarm called bypass that would just pop up every now and then because we don't know how to use the alarm. And I was like, okay, so with bypass, there must be a way to bypass this room and then I can go out the door. So I hacked into the system. And by hack, I mean used by process of elimination, found out what zone this was. It was zone six. So I found out that by bypassing zone six, I can get out the door. So there it is. I'm all ready. Night of promise here. Downstairs lifting weights. Dad goes upstairs, I finish watching the real world, I set the, set the alarm to bypass, head on up the stairs, I wait about 20 minutes, make sure they're asleep, I create an effigy of myself with a pillow at the time. Y'all watch sitcoms, y'all know what's up. And then I make my escape. I creep to the door, I open, I walk down the hallway, past my parents' open bedroom, down the wooden staircase, down to the creaky step. They didn't hear me. So ease my way down to the second floor, I'm good. Then I can move a little quicker, I'm out of earshot. So I go down to the second floor, through the bypass door, and I'm free, I'm out. And I swear to you, the air smelled different. It smelled like <laughs> grass and rain and freedom. <laughs> and so as I drove the prom, prom, I prayed a very specific prayer. I said, God, if you let me go to and from prom without getting in trouble, I promise I will never sneak out again. So I get to prom, I'm in my pajamas, I change out of them into my tux, <laughs> stroll into the McLean Hilton, and I'm walking in with prom court. I got there just in time. So I walk in with them, and I didn't win prom king. However, my friends were there. What's up, Angelise? Oh, congratulations, Rodok. Oh, Sherry, hey, it's getting hot in here. Hey, I did not take off all my clothes. I was at enough risk already, so I didn't want to play that game. And looming in the back of my mind during all this fun was I got to sneak back into the house. So I prom ended. I said all my goodbyes. The lights went down. I changed back into my pajamas. I drive all the way back to the house. And I get out of the car and I look at the house. It looks peaceful, nothing, you know, seems like we're gonna be all right, okay. So I creep up to the, I creep up to the door, I walk in, bypass is still set, I'm good. Go up to the second floor, go up to the, almost to the third floor, I'm up to the third step, I stop again. I thought I heard something, didn't hear anything, they're still breathing, I'm like, okay, cool, it's just, they're, they're asleep. Creep past their door, all the way back to my room, laid down, went to sleep. God had answered my prayer affirmatively, and I never snuck out again. Thank you. I was excited. When you, when you got out, like when you left, got out, when you, when you left and I, you know, I saw the van go down the hill, I was amazed because I was, it was like I was living through you. I was like in my room like, yes, oh my God, oh my God. And I was just like, oh my God, is he going to make it back in? This is going to be crazy. This is my sister Marilyn again, and she knew about prom. Despite the way I tell it on stage, she was integral to the story. She was essentially my lookout. Here, she's talking a little bit about how part of the story played out from her perspective. What was it like when I called you and said I was on the way home? 
I, again, I was extremely excited, but I, I there was a mounting anxiousness like, okay, we need you to put the bird back in the hangar and get yourself up here quietly before anything, you know. So then I, I really didn't sleep well. And I was praying. I mean, when I tell you I was praying, I prayed for any drunk drivers. I prayed for nothing go wrong with the tires. I prayed, I mean, I prayed hard. And not to not to say that you didn't pray, but I prayed, like I was praying like actively, you know, send angels, Jesus, go around the car, Lord. And, you know, I was really, you know, because I wanted you to get home safely because that would have been terrible, you know, wake up, Ronald has snuck out of the house. Also, the van, everything is, you know, so that wasn't a good thing. So um, I prayed for that. So I was excited, but I was, I was praying. Yeah. I can't overstate the risk I took to leave the house. Marilyn and I are two adults who grew up with strict parents who went great lengths to ensure that we did not make bad choices. In some cases, that meant making choices on our behalf, eliminating the possibility of error. With that in mind, Marilyn and I began to discuss possibilities of how my parents of present day would react to hearing that we once skirted the rules. I began by getting her advice on how to break the news to them. Well, what's the best way do you think I would set this up? I, 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 um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. And how are you going to do this? Are you going to let her listen to it? And then... Well, um, all of this is going to be edited in. Oh, I know that. I mean... Basically, I'm going to say, I'm going to play this episode for y'all, and I'm going to play it, and then afterwards, I'm going to mic them up and be like... Oh, Jesus, fix it. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, I'm very nervous about it, too. Okay. Because it's it's one of those things where I, you know, I want to tell them, yes. and I want to talk to them about it. Yes. And it's not because it's not any sense of, like, gotcha. Yeah, no, right, right. It's just like, I've been, this is something that happened years and years ago. Yeah, yeah. And I know y'all now. And yeah. I know y'all then. And right. I feel like the only way I could tell you about this is if I waited 16 years yes, to tell you. Yes, now. And, and in this fashion, to be perfectly frank. Yeah. I agree. I think that, I think this this is a good way to do it, I think. I mean, because <laughs> there's no other way to do it. Yeah. So again, Marilyn and I were on the same page as adults. Nervous, anxious, we literally had no clue how this conversation would go. My relationship with my parents has grown a lot since I was 18, and I greatly respect them and appreciate their input and perspective when it comes to my life. However, let's not forget what my mother said early in the conversation that made me hesitate and think that I may have misjudged their ability to let this be water under the bridge. I don't know if I like you guys telling us stuff that you guys did when you were younger and then whisper, ah, ah, that was okay. Yes. That's what you're looking for? N- no. Call Marilyn. <laughs> right now. Get her on the phone. Because both of y'all going to get it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I haven't even told y'all the other thing yet. Oh, oh Jesus. Oh, well, nervous. see, no, and it's not now. So clearly this will be a long conversation. Find out what happens when I tell my parents the story of how I snuck the prom on the next episode of Time Well Spent. Okay, I am so excited to hear (laughs) part two. Crazy. Well, I think it's so cute, honestly. (laughs) 
<laughs> that you're still so nervous that your your sister is still nervous. Our parents are they they have a commanding presence. If you guys want to hear the conclusion, you got to go over to Time Well Spent. Uh, you can find it wherever you get your podcast. Probably even on the app that you're listening to this on right now. Just go search Time Well Spent. Look for episode 17, Bypass 2. Definitely check out that episode. Ronald, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Also, thank you so much for being on the podcast production team. Oh, it has been a pleasure working on this podcast. I enjoy it. Um, And definitely stay tuned to the upcoming episodes of Star District Presents. We got a second season coming. We do. Yeah. Seven Deadly Sins. So stay tuned and uh, make sure you're subscribed and you've listened to all of season one before we air season two. That way you'll be all caught up. So we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 